You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm joined, I've got another guest special from the world of um, women's football. I'm joined by heart striker Leah Tweedy. Leah, welcome along. Hiya, thanks for having me on. No, thank you for coming on. It's good to continue this education and promote the women's game a bit more. Um, it's, it's obviously um, come on the last few years, obviously with the national team doing well by Friday night, of course, unfortunately. Um, so just um, yeah. just tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know you. Um, so my name's Leah Tweedy. I'm current, currently playing with Hearts Ladies, um, which is a bit of a new adventure for me. I just signed for them and um, I think it was about August time. Uh, before that, I played with Hibs Ladies for about twelve years, so kind of came up through the youth the youth ranks there. Um, kind of playing with the Scotland youth level and stuff like that as I as I was growing. Um, but yeah, this is a new adventure for me at Hearts. Um, I'm a centre forward, so um, number nine at Hearts. I was number nine at Hibs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm twenty two. Um, not not sure what else you want to know. No, I think that that's plenty. We'll obviously cover more as we, um, you know, going through the interview. So, um, you you joined Hearts, um, as you mentioned. Um, I understand that was your favourite team growing up. So, um, how did the move come about for you? Because I understand you were almost close to signing your contract with Hibs. Yeah. Um. So basically, after lockdown and everything like that, um, sort of in, in talks with with Hibs and then um, Andy Kirk the my my heart's head coach he came in um and was looking to sort of have a conversation with me and um a big part of that was like a, a new challenge and after sitting down with him and sort of getting to know what what he was all about and Andy Clark's got a, a big presence in the men's game so that was a big attractive factor for me and just I feel like he's got so much to learn so uh, so much to teach sorry so after sitting down and having a sort of bit of a chat with him I I realised that it was somewhere where I really wanted to be and be part of the team that I've kind of supported and um, be with them while they grow. It was really appealing for me. So uh, that was kind of what drew me to Hearts. Yeah, well, it would have been an obvious pull. And, uh, you know, for Hearts, um, it's a bit of a transition period because they could only get promoted last season. Um, yeah. It's been a tough learning curve so far. Um, five games, unfortunately, you've lost all five and there's only been one goal scored. How tough have you been finding it? I mean, it's difficult, and and like you say, like the defeats and stuff. That's not something I've really encountered throughout my football career. So, it's it's a it's a massive learning curve for for the the club, but also for me as an individual. It's it's trying to find that sort of levels of motivation and desire to get up once we have been beaten. Um, but I think as well, it's about trusting the process and trusting that we will get to the point where we're getting the results that you know we feel have a true reflection of us um, so it's just a matter of time before we can we can really sh- actually show that but it is, it is difficult and it's it's difficult for all the girls and the coaches and you know it, it's it's you just need to sort of find it in you to keep going 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of established teams in, in the league, you know, the main four being Glasgow City, Hibs, as you know, and of course Celtic and Rangers. But then you add teams like Spartans, we spoke to um, Devin McCulloch a few weeks ago, who have been in the league for a long time. Uh, Forth of Harmington are quite well established. So it's a, it's a difficult, it's a, it's, it's not going to be easy. I mean, people just look and think, oh, Hearts, they're a big club in Scotland, but in the women's game, it's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, no, exactly. And then, They've got the ba- the battles of just being promoted, but also just well, just sort of during prior to lockdown, um, a lot of players left, and there was I'm not sure exactly because I wasn't there at the time, but maybe like five or six players who were good young players, you know, and just moving on to sort of other ventures. Like I'm sure a couple of them moved to America and stuff like that for university, so. You're trying to combat not only it getting more difficult, but also a loss of players as well. So, um, trying to get the players in to replace that's proven difficult. Um, but we do have like a sort of keen, um, youth under 19s team. So, they're kind of trying to step up to the plate, which is only positive for them. And how much backing do you think um the Hearts women say have had off the the main Hearts team? Um, from I don't, I don't know a hundred percent because I'm only, I'm only kind of just in the door. Yeah, but um, come coming in and signing and stuff, I was a massive part of it and getting taken down to Tyne Castle. You know, I, I, I feel like I was treated as any of the men who were just signing would be. So it does feel like they've got a really, a really sort of um, positive outlook towards the women's team. So it's, it's good, and I think it can only grow. And um, having a sort of the backing that we do from them. I think it can it can only it only look positive, you know. Yeah, definitely. And although this season there's no relegation, because um, the league's expanding to ten teams next season, um, I would imagine that you won't want to be re- too relaxed and accept bottom of the league this season. You want oh, yeah, to you 100%. want to improve. Yeah, exactly. And um, like I said a couple of minutes ago, you know, it's about actually having a, a true reflection of us as a team and as as players. You know, I think we don't. I personally believe we don't we um don't deserve the results we've been getting. So if we can get to the point where we're getting a true reflection of who we are as a team and you know getting some results that we deserve, that'll be a, a more um exciting time. But I think definitely yeah, avoiding the bottom of the league is probably our priority, whether there's relegation or not. You know we we have high standards and we want to be a difficult team to play against, whether it's top of the league or bottom of the league we want it to be difficult for everyone yeah definitely um, and this Sunday it's a pretty big game um, against your former club um, City Rivals um, obviously the Edinburgh's Abbey is big from the men's game how how big will this be from uh, your point of view from an individual point of view yeah it's like you say it's an old club it's massive so there's a little bit of extra nerves and stuff sort of there but and in the women's game it's maybe slightly different to the men's game that the sort of bigger rivals when maybe be like Spartans and Hibs and stuff like that but you've always got that sort of little bit of more adrenaline when you're playing again in a, in a game like a Hearts v Hibs game or in anything like that so I think all the girls will be really up for it um, and, and hopefully that gives us a little bit extra push that we need. Yeah, and Hibs obviously they've been very successful over the last few years, um, which will also come out as we talk about your own career. Um, mm-hmm. We've got Rachel Boyle coming on the next po- um, podcast, who's um, current international. Um, they've got right. Joel Murray still, I think, is there. Um, they've, they're a very good side, and 
Um, if anything, they're maybe punching below their weight this season in fourth place. Um, but Celtic and Rangers have also kicked on this season. Um, yeah. You must be looking forward to meeting up with them again. Yeah, I mean, like you say, Hibs have they've um, in the last sort of few games they've came close um, to results, but so I think it's last three games Celtic Rangers um, City that they've they've came away the lesser, but. Like you say, they do have a great squad of players, so maybe it'll just take a little while for them to grow into that and start getting the results against those sort of teams as well because, yeah, I do think that they've got a good enough squad to do that. Yeah, definitely. And um, we'll, we'll come on to your um, your, your career before you keep him away in the hearts. Um, I, I, I want to touch on your Scott, your um, the, the fact you represent Scotland under-17 and uh, under-19 level. Um, yeah. So under under seventeen, you actually played in the majors, um, the the European Championships. It was a pretty tough group: France, Germany, and Spain. Yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah. That was probably the most difficult group I've ever been drawn in any competition. Yeah. So what was the experience like coming up against um, you know, those sorts of uh, nations? That that was one of my my favourite experiences in football. To be honest, it was like I was young, you know, I was maybe sixteen or something at the time, and. We were down at um, the England Training Centre in St George's, St George's, sorry, and it was just the way we were treated and the sort of professionalism, and you know we were hand getting handed all this kit, and it was it was really exciting, like off the park, and then to then go on the park and be playing against you know France, Spain, Germany, it was it was crazy, but it's it's these type of experiences that really then like um, motivate you to strive on and train harder with afterwards and stuff like that. So, um. I really loved that experience, yeah. The standard of the players that we were playing against, they were unreal, they really were. And if I remember rightly, I'm sure Spain went on to either win or finish second in the World Cup that year. So mm-hmm. to see that we played against them, that was, that was really cool. Yeah, I think Georgia Raffer, who we spoke about beforehand, um, she, she, I think she mentioned that Spain and Germany were the finalists. So it wasn't. It just shows well, yeah. it wasn't an easy group that you were in and you yeah. had France into the equation. Um and then under 19s, you get 19 caps and three goals, and all three of your goals came um, in the in the qualifiers in September 2015 in Austria. Three successful winning games against Ukraine, mm-hmm. Albania, and Austria. Um, that must have been a thrill at that level to score for your country. Oh, it was, and it was something that I was really sort of aiming for. And then once I'd kind of got the first one, the other two just came consecutively. So it was really exciting, and that's one of my proudest moments. Um, that tournament, but. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget the feeling scoring my first goal for Scotland. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and I understand that one of your goals, um, I think Georgia mentions the Albania game, was it, um, you scored a pretty good goal? Um, or was it Austria? Maybe Aus- Austria, yeah. It was, yeah uh, sorry, my apologies. It was, uh, no, that's all right. It was um, a bit of uh, a wonderhead, and I'm not sure where I produced that from, but I, it was a, I had her from quite far out, um, but I was playing with Aaron Cuthbert at the time, so it was, it was all on the cross, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, Erin was someone I was going to bring up. Um, you know, Could you tell from um, that early age that she was going to go on and have the career she's had so far? I mean, yeah. It was always, for me, it was always clear that Erin was going to be, be a massive success. And at that age, she just had, she had an awareness and an ability that, we didn't we didn't see in a lot of other players because she she was she was younger than me she was maybe a year or so younger than me but she she had the head of you know a, a very very experienced footballer 
and I think that was kind of what made it apparent that she was going to go on to do big things and yeah, yeah, that happened from a very young age, I'd say. Yeah, her goal against Jamaica was um, superb and she actually scored a really good win the Pinard Cup before lockdown happened. Um, yeah. You know, she's really kicked on. She's doing well at Chelsea, scoring the yeah. World Cup. I mean, she's a mainstay in the national team and, you know, she's exactly. um, gone so far, which, um, you know, must have been good playing alongside. I mean... Yeah, um, definitely. You, she's a really nice girl as well and that's where I'm, I'm really happy to see her doing well because she really deserves it for the effort that she puts in but also just, just being a good person off the pitch as well. She's... Yeah, and um, you've yet to make the elevation to the national, um, the full squad yet. But do you still hold that dream that one day, maybe, and once you get kickstarted at Hearts, that that's something that you could get back and force yourself into? Um, Potentially, yeah. I mean, I'm sort of at the stage where I'm kind of focusing on other other things just now. But um, yeah, if if uh, Hearts was to go well and sort of get a few goals under my belt and stuff, you don't know what could happen. So. I mean, it would definitely be an absolute honour. Yeah, and I mean, it's it would it is going to be difficult for you to get in the national team because they are doing well. As, as we mentioned, unfortunately, a bad result on Friday night. Um, but last four years, qualifying for the Euros and qualifying for the World Cup, it's really brought the women's game on. You know, how much have you seen the the um, engagement um, from the media towards um, women's football? That it seems to be getting a bit more coverage than it did, certainly did ten years ago. Yeah, hugely. And if I think about sort of when I was younger, like maybe high school age or or primary school, um, the, the the amount of interest has massively, massively grown. And I think that is mostly down to you know qualifying for competitions and stuff, but also just as a whole, it's a lot more accessible for younger people, younger girls to get involved in football to play it, and then that in turn brings a lot more interest in spectating of it so it's it's so much better now and I think that's only going to grow over time and that'll just that can only do good for you know the standard of women's football in Scotland so it's it's a positive and hopefully they can um, pull it out the bag and manage to get the result um, that they need uh, tonight uh, isn't it so hopefully that comes together and they manage to to qualify for the Euros again No um, but um by the time this podcast goes out, the game will have probably been played. Um, so let's hope that um, after, after when this goes out, the Scotland have got their um, campaign back on track. Um, yeah, let's just trust, trust that that's happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's, let's fingers crossed. Um, they certainly could do with that after the last couple of games. Um, but yeah, the, in, in terms of um, in terms of your Hibs career, then um, you know I joined in a few things. So. Um, Pretty successful last few years. Three consecutive Scottish Cup wins from 2016 to 2018. Four consecutive League Cup wins 2016 to 2019. And five consecutive runners-up in the league. Just, what was, just how much did you enjoy playing for that Hibs team? I did. I really, I love my time at Hibs. And I think having the honour of playing from the age of, I'm not sure if I was 15 or 16 when I made my, my debut, it was really... It was an honour to actually then go on because when I first came came into the first team, we we hadn't won anything for a few years and it was it was that sort of difficult time where City were just completely dominating. So then when we went on to win, I think the first thing we'd won was maybe the League Cup, and then the Scottish Cup, and it was it was so exciting and that's memories I'll keep with me forever. Uh, yeah, and just the club as a whole, I do have massive respect and always will um, for for the club. What was your favourite of those finals to play in? 
Oh, I was actually injured for this one, but we we won on penalties. Um, oh, that must have been three seasons ago, maybe. No, I'm not exactly sure, but it was it went to penalties and, and City missed a penalty. Um, and then that like, just because it was so tense and it was so close and. Um, yeah, I would probably say that that was my favourite because it was up in the air right until the very last kick of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Penalty share wins always good. Well, when you win, of course, and we've obviously had experience yeah, with been... Scotland recently. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah it can go very bad with them. Yeah, definitely. Um, but in, in, term, in terms of the league, I mean, as I said, five consecutive runners up. Um, yeah. Is there a little bit of regret that you didn't quite get that championship medal? Yeah, I would say that there is. It's um, it's only going to get more difficult now. I'd say with you know the like Celtic and Rangers kind of investing a lot more in in their teams and uh, in previous years it kind of has only been um, City and Hibs. You know, it kind of came down to th- those games and mm-hmm. now it's a lot more competitive. So I think if anything now it would mean a lot more. But yeah, it was kind of one of one of the situations where it was it was I was getting a bit bored of seeing silver medals, but it was um it was difficult to take the 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 league, but you know all respect to say they're a good um they're a good side so it was it was really difficult to try and take that off them. Yeah, and despite the investment Celtic and Rangers have put in so far, City are still setting the bar. Um, from what I can see, they're top of the table. They've won every game. They're progressing the yep. Champions League again. Penalties is helping them. Um, but you know, yeah. and I see Lauren Montgomery's now become their CEO. Um, so. The, no, their message seems to be bring it on. I mean, just how much respect do you have for a team like that? Yeah, no, I, I, massively. And um, like you say, with them sort of being having Warren Montgomery as the the CEO and stuff like that, it's a it's a different sort of respect for them that you have for Celtic and Rangers, you know, because they've got lots of good players. But you know, City have built it from the ground up, and I, I think they'll always have have that level of respect for for that. And you know you're you're quite right. They've still got the bar um, very high, so it'll be difficult for anybody to compete with that. You know. Yeah, definitely. It's not impossible, obviously, but I mean they have won thirteen titles in a row, so um, it is going to be difficult. It's going to take someone yeah. special to really um, top of them. So you've yeah, mentioned, yeah. So um, you know, I, 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 someone I want to ask um, is at Hibs, um, your managers were male. You've always got Andy Kirk at, um, at Hearts. Across the female, um, and obviously you've got Scott with um, Glasgow City. In the women's game, there's only three women's managers out of the 18 teams, um, out of the two SP, um, SWPL. Just, um, although um, there is room for, for men, obviously, to coach at that level, is there a little concern that um, there's not enough female head coaches at that level? I mean, yeah, I can, I can understand, I can understand that point. But in in my opinion, I just think that if if that person, male or female, has the knowledge, then you know, and the the ability to to manage a team in an appropriate manner, then bring it on. It doesn't to me, it's irrelevant whether it's a man or a woman, or if they've got if they've got the the experience and at this moment in time, it might be that there are more men with that experience just because of you know the the past and. Maybe not as many females were into football around that sort of the age bracket, um, so it might be that there are more men that are um, have that ability to do that. But male, male or female, you know, I just think that if they've got the capabilities, then to me it's irrelevant. But yeah, I've 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 been under 
mostly males but females as well especially across the national setup and I just think that yeah it's both just yeah. different coaching so you know it's, it's irrelevant to me um yeah I mean to be fair it is it should be um it, it should be who, who the best qualified person is for the job um, yeah and I think something that the um the men's game's lacking just now um there's there's not even like a first team coach or reserve team of coaches female in the men's game, which I think is yeah. a bit more difficult. Now, and whilst... that's when uh, that's oh, when I would no. say that there's maybe a bit of maybe a bit um bit of an issue because there's there's hundred percent definitely females that have qualified for those job roles and that's maybe where it's um a bit unfair. But yeah, hopefully in time that'll be something that sort of edged out the game and again hopefully it'll be the same in the men's game like men and women you know coming and going it's it's kind of relevant yeah because you're seeing females are more involved in the in the media like you get Leanne Crichton doing the you know the sports scene the Friday yeah, yeah. Had, yeah she and uh, Julie Fleeton have done um, punditry and sports scene as well so mm-hmm. I mean it is, it is closing and it's, it's not even a tick box exercise these Leanne Crichton is a, is a great presenter um, Julie yeah, Fleeton exactly. and, Sh- and Shelley Kerr are brilliant pundits so um you just got to hope that one day that you'll see more equality for the right reasons, of course, as we've discussed. They've got to be um, they've got to be right for the job first. But hopefully, we'll see that that trend continuing in the, yeah, in the exactly. Game. And I, I I do believe that well because I think that it's 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 going to happen. You know, I just think that, like you say, the 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 women that are getting the opportunity to do these things like pundits and they're really showing their worth so it's, it's only going to work it's only going to be positive mm-hmm. and with regards to um like Andy Kirk is um as your manager how um I mean how how do you sum up their approach towards um you know the women's game you know do you, um because it, it does take a lot um for, for a guy to and I'm not meaning this disrespectful for a guy to come you know to put a, invest a lot of time in the women's game and adapt to that yeah. uh, mentality no, exactly, and I and again, that's something I had a massive amount of respect for Andy for because he took that on as a challenge. He didn't like, you know, it's it's like you say, it is a big commitment to step into the women's game, and because it's something totally different, and the the team dynamics, and there is a lot about the women's game that's different to the men's game. Um, so it was a mass. I think it still is a massive learning curve for Andy, but you know, he's he's doing really well and. Um, all respect to him for for um, taking that step, but I think a bit, uh, maybe a part of that was Anne Budge, who you know she's definitely back in back in the females, and um, I think that's where we're quite lucky at Hearts to have that on board. And you know we've got even our assistant is Aaron Hughes, the Northern Ireland international. Oh, yeah. So for for players like that to be to be um, interested in helping us grow and coaching us, it's it's a it's a good feeling and. Having that bit of belief behind us is, is positive as well. Yeah, I mean some some of the guys that I mentioned, you know, Scott Booth, um, Brian Graham at Party Thistles, and um, you know, combining playing with it and helping out the women's team as well. It's good mm-hmm. to see, um, you know, the men taking going into that side. Hopefully, one day as we say, you'll see you'll see it rolls reverse. And, yeah, um, I hope so. I hope it's interchangeable at one point. Yeah, definitely. Um, with regards to, um, no. Hearts going forwards. I mean, obviously you've had a you've had a, a difficult start. Um, yeah. Hopefully things after um, between now and Christmas, and even after the the Christmas break, pick up for you. Um, but 
even going forward, when it goes up to 10 teams, it's going to be challenging because um, I'm slightly biased. Aberdeen is my team and I'm keeping an eye on the women's team, yeah. Emma. Emma um, Hunter I had on last week is doing a great job they're they're looking to come up there's a lot of um, SPFL clubs who are investing in the women's game as well so there's a lot yeah. of challenges coming up for um, Hearts next season yeah no definitely and I think again that was part of it that appealed to me is that it's going to be challenging it's going to be difficult and I think everybody at Hearts knows that but we're all ready to put the work in and Although it might not be happening overnight, we're all working really hard and especially the coaches and the coaching staff, they're working so hard behind the scenes for us to have the best platform possible. So hopefully that um it'll all come together sort of thing and we'll we'll um start. But I don't yeah, I don't uh, underappreciate for for a second that the teams coming up that they'll be a challenge just as much as the teams that are, that are already in the um SPFL one. Well, and how is the team spread at the moment despite um, obviously the results? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be really demoralising in all, in all honesty. It can be, um, you know, after taking a beating. Um, but I think the resilience of the team is is um, admirable. Like, every Tuesday after after a game on a Sunday, we're back, we're ready to work hard again, you know, and it's, it's about sort of brushing that off without... Um, sort of brushing it off and then getting ready to sort of grit the teeth and go again. And I think that's what I've had a lot of respect for the girls for doing that. And uh, do, you th- do you feel better for having a, a week off um, with the international games to then hopefully go into the weekend um, in good frame of mind? Yeah, I mean, it's always good, even just for the body, to get a little bit of a rest. But um, mentally as well, it can be it can be really refreshing. So um, start of a new week... Um, first training session today so hopefully we'll, we'll uh, get the heads down and get the hard work going again and like you say we don't have we've had that um, time to sort of uh, unwind and a uh, weekend off so hopefully we'll start the week well you confident that you can um, get your first points of the season this Sunday I think don't, I'm not going to underestimate uh, Hibs for a minute but I think that we can definitely make it a really difficult game for them Um and I think that if we can play how we have the ability to play without without any sort of um, silly mistakes like what's been happening, then we can definitely definitely get something from the game if we make it hard enough for them, yeah. Yeah, and then your next game after that is Spartans, um, who have picked up the um, last couple of games. Um, they're obviously, as we said before, an established team at this level. Um, just how much does it mean to get um, a few points on the board before you go into the Christmas break? Yeah, I mean, I think me personally, and I, and I know that as a team, like once once we do get some points on the on the board, it'll be it'll be you know what off the ducks back, and we'll be ready to go. Um, so so yeah, hopefully we can get some points before Christmas, but I I I do believe that we can. Um, so hopefully hopefully that happens, and we can start the new year. And a fresh sort of mindset and with the belief that we can compete, you know, because I think we've got that belief to a certain point, but we just need to to share that with others now and, sh- and show how capable we are. Yeah, and hopefully come the new year, um, we'll have better news with regards to crowds um, gradually going back into football. I know that's something that um, the top fight, um, the top five clubs in Scotland are trying to fight for um, I know that women's game hasn't had the crowds that maybe sh- um, would, that it would like, but you must be missing some of the fans as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's very different just now. And even with regards to how the game sort of goes, like when we're not allowed in the changing rooms and stuff like that. So it's all a bit strange just now. But having a little bit of an atmosphere at the games, again, that would be a massive, massive support for us. And my understanding is that a lot of the Hearts fans are right behind us. So it would be good for some of them to be able to show us that. Um, which we've not we've not been able to share with them yet, but that would be great. Yeah, I think that's um, one thing you've got to hope that um, once restrictions ease and fans are back in, that more people will take an interest um, in you know in the women's game as much as um, the men's game because there's an appetite for fans to get back. I can speak for a lot of people, um, especially with the Euros coming up next year um, with two games at Hamden yeah. for the men's team. So um, yeah, exactly. there's definitely a big clamour. So hopefully. Um, things will get lifted over time but as we appreciate it's got to be in the right um, environment um, and the last question I'll ask is um, before I do the quite fast stuff um, has there been any Covid issues um, within your club um, how do they, they go about the testing I understand you don't get tested it's just um, temperature checks is that correct? Yeah so we've actually we've been very lucky within our team that um, I think maybe one of the girls has had to isolate but that was just due to you know her being a teacher and it was somebody in our class had had um, tested positive, so she was isolating. But because we sort of avoid close contact as much as we can, so we're socially distancing right up until the point of um, playing football and, you know, we've got face masks on and the rest of it. So we get temperature checked basically when we arrive at training or when we arrive at a game. If your temperature was to be too high, you'd, you'd just uh, go home. Um, so we've got the precautions in place that we we can afford to take. Um, but yeah, I think I think that one of the reasons we've been so lucky is because we we are pretty careful and um, sort of doing as much as we can to avoid any any outbreaks or any um, incidents. Yeah, and see when you first returned to train, and I mean, obviously you would have been still at Hibs at the time when you returned to train. How weird yeah. was it, you know, just doing it in little groups of twos yeah. and fours at the start? It, it was really strange, and then at the start as well, it was there was there was very little you could do because you weren't allowed to do contact and you weren't allowed to head the ball, you weren't allowed to touch the ball and stuff like that. So training was getting a little bit sort of repetitive because there's only a certain amount you can do without without doing, you know, contact and sort of things like that. But um, it was just, it's, it's kind of like everything just now. It was just out of this world and it was um, it was strange. But the sooner we got back to contact, it was felt, felt a bit more normal. And, and now, pretty much on the pitch things are just kind of like normal it's just um off as soon as we're off the pitch it's um doing everything we can to help yeah that's good well, hopefully um life will return to normal um at some point in 2021 we'll just need to wait and see uh, the results of the vaccines etc um so know, i'll just round, um i've enjoyed um this conversation i'll just round off a few quick fire um questions for you so um okay. First of all, um, I've been told that you're always um, joke, joking around the change room, etc. So, um, what's the best dressing room or night out prank that you've um, been involved in or witnessed? Oh God, uh, I don't know about prank, but we all went on um, a big party bus at the end of the season one, one season at Hibs, and uh, that was good fun. That we're just playing games and everything all together. It was really fun. Yeah, um, who's the best manager you've played under so far? Um, probably Willie Cook. Yeah, it was is that um, Hibs again? Yeah, that was at Hibs. That was when I first came to the Hibs first team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favourite tipple? My favourite what? Sorry. Your favourite tipple drink? Oh right, <laughs> one sort of drink. 
like just yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd have to say I like a wee Red Bull before a session. Okay. Um, if um, if you if you're on death row, what would be your death row meal? Oh, probably a nice big breakfast, like um, avocado and smoked salmon and poached egg and stuff like that on on um, bagels. That's my favourite just now. That's a very interesting choice. It's, a lot quite, of people... it's quite healthy, but <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm obsessed with just now, so I'm going to go with that. Hey, that's a, that's a good thing. They can te- teach a lot of us um, something different. Um, so what's been your best moment in football so far? Uh, probably like what we spoke about earlier, scoring the first goal for Scotland. That was an absolute pleasure. Yeah. And uh, as a heart supporter, what was your favourite kind of moments growing up watching the Jambos? Oh, I was uh, one of my favourite moments is uh, again talking about penalties. There's something about them that I like, but um, the Gretna Hearts v Gretna 2005, mm-hmm. I want to say 2006. Uh, 2006, close. <laughs> uh, but I was at that, and that was the first time I'd actually seen um, a team sort of lift a cup, and like the feeling that I got just watching them celebrate, and it was amazing. So that's probably my, my favourite memory of that. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know what it's been like the last thirty years winning the Scottish Cup as an Aberdeen fan. So you had that three times a Hearts fan. So I know, I've been lucky. <laughs> yeah, you've been very lucky that way. Um, what's um, the Christmas season's coming up uh, or it's in, it's in phase now? What's your favourite Christmas movie? Oh, it has to be Elf. Elf, that's a good choice. Yeah, I watched that on repeat. That. Yeah, um, and what's your favourite Christmas song? Fairy Tale New York. Really, interesting yeah. choice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also on the theme of music, um, if you were to pick, the Scotland um, will know that have a um, song for the Euros. Um, I'm asking us to a lot of um, guests. Um, what artist would you want to pick to um, write the next Scotland song? Oh God, maybe somebody Scottish, but quite fun. Maybe like Jerry Cinema. <laughs> that would be a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's come off a couple of times. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I'll just round up. What's um what's been your, what's your favourite podcast that you like to listen to? Oh, I'm quite into um, like crime true crime podcast. So there's one called mm-hmm. Crime Junkie. I quite like that one. It's just uh, I love oh, just listening to it past time at work, but it's, it's pretty interesting. And then it's kind of about them solving murders and stuff like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my favourite. That's good, right? I'll, um, and uh, what's um, what's your um ambitions um for um whatever career you've got left in the next ten, fifteen years, whatever? Yeah, well, I think just now looking short term is to sort of get get um hearts at a, a level um where we're we're happy and you know start pushing on like I say, make it difficult for every single team that we play against. Um, but for me, it would be getting you know. 15 goals or so in a season that would be my my goal um to to play at this level um and get 10 or 15 goals under my belt in the one season so I've not really managed that through my career so um yeah that would be my goal yeah and how sweet would it be I'll just round this off um, how sweet would it be to get your first goal for hearts against your former club on Sunday yeah it would be it would be <laughs> hopefully that'll happen yeah, we can wait and see. It should be interesting. But listen, Leah, thank you very much for your time and uh, you know, good luck for, for the rest of your me. season. Not a problem. Um, thank all the you best. very much. Take care. Cheers.